0: welcome to the mikvah.org podcast the mikvah organization has been dedicated to the education and resources for jewish family life since 1975 5735 you can support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate thank you for your support and enjoy today's recording hi everyone and thank you so much for joining us today I would like to introduce our fifth teacher as part of the summer learning series, Mrs. Feige Uzevich. Feige lives in Crown Heights and has passionately taught Bias Yehudi for the last 15 years. In addition, she is a mikvah.org certified college teacher. Today, she will be teaching us about the feminine power in Geula, part one. Hey, welcome. Welcome. I think it is incredible to... uh be learning with a group of women who decided to cut out time in the middle of their summer to push it, learn what the Rebbe has to say about who we are and what our job here is in this world and the special kachis that the Evishter gave us as women. And there's nothing like learning it from the source. So let me tell you a little bit about how I came across the Sicha and why I feel like this message is so so timely for us today. Even though, if you're peeking at the screen and you're like, "Parshas you, gosh, like, "What's up?" It's you know, in the middle of Chaydash. Oh. of. So, as a biceudy teacher, uh, learning with our my students, the three mitzvahs of women, I came across the sicha, and it really, really wowed me. I have to say that this is a sicha that I I've, at this point I've shared with women in, um. I've shared this sicha with women in Munsi, women who are new to this. We had a for bringing close to Rosh Hashanah. And the women were like, hey, inspire us. And I just shared with them the sicha. I'm like, understand, you know, when you're in the kitchen cooking for Yom Tif, that's part of your service of Hashem. And they're like, what are you talking about? So in really short, we learned the sicha. And there was one woman there. She must be married for about 20 years. I think she already married off her first child she was in tears. She's like, I don't understand. Like, I never learned this before. I didn't understand like what our job is over here. Like, you know, and I got so much feedback later that these women felt like there were Shoshana, their Rosh Hashanah, their whole history was so different because suddenly they gained perspective. So let's jump into the Rebbe's words. Yes, it's a Sicha and Parshas but the truth is that what the Rebbe is going to share with us here is what is our Kayacha's woman? Why do we learn, and we always share this with our kids, that it's it's us as women who are going to bring Mashiach. What does our feminine Kayach have to do with bringing the Geula? How do we see our feminine Kayach expressed in each one of our mitzvahs as women? After learning the Sicha, I think the question of like, you know, why women aren't wearing tefillin or all of that really falls away because we suddenly understand how our mitzvahs are unique and how we can see the kayak that we have as women come through really in every one of our unique mitzvahs. So let's jump right in. As we know, the Rebbe's always start off with a lot of questions and then in order to understand our questions, we're going to take some concepts we're familiar with and really dig in, really you know, pull it apart, make sure we understand those ideas well, and then we'll come not only to answer our original questions, which are fascinating because we do learn this parsha all the time—it's the famous story of and but also walk away with unique understanding to our role. So, Parsha Go ahead, pull a safer off your shelf. It's the second sikha in on this parsha, or you can use B'kodesh parshias and let's jump in some of it we'll read together it is a sikh and yiddish but i'll make sure that we translate as we go and some of it you know we'll just explain a little bit orally and move forward so there we, begins like this and we'll explain the question outside when the yidin come down to mitzrayim reno yakov finds out that yes is in mitzrayim and yes sends yakov an invitation come down there's still going to be many years of hunger and Yaakov collects his family and prepares to come down to mitzrayim. And we learn we their journey is described they're coming down to mitzrayim and for some reason the Torah finds the need to let us know how many yidin come into mitzrayim it was yakov his children his grandchildren but the Torah puts a number there the Torah says that in total there were six there were 70 yidin coming into mitzrayim now if we actually count how many people uh, were included in the Yiddin coming into Mitzrayim, we may be a little puzzled because actually the total number is 69. And yet Tyra says there were 70. So let's jump in and see a couple questions we're going to have on this number 70. Why does Tyra count the numbers the way they do? And who is this magical someone who fills in the number 70, even though their name is not clearly written in the POSSIX? So it goes like this. When we talk about the complete number of Shivim Nefesh, Habba Mitsraimah, there were 70 in total, there were 70 Nefashis who came down to Mitzrayim. Tyra counts. We have a different opinions on who was, who filled in the number 70. The Gemara says, and this is what Rashi brings down, Yachaved hot mashlam gvan dominion from Shivim Nefesh. Yachaved that little girl, we know her name well, she filled in the number 70 from the 70 Nefashis. Boziah's Gebering Gevarn She was born between the walls, literally as they entered Mitzrayim. Her, the Her, the whole pregnancy with her was on their way. She was actually born between the walls, entering into Mitzrayim. This is what Rashi brings down in Pshutai Shel Mekra. We have other opinions. The other opinions say something that's really different. Like in Perke Rebel Yezer, in Medrash a Nichnas Imahem According to Perke Rebel Yezer, he's, he's one opinion in the Medrash, the Avister himself included himself in this number. So there were 69 people and the Avister became number 70. We have another opinion here. There are other mafarshen. They come with an approach, and asayizayich and Medrash also quotes this opinion. As the minion from chivim nefesh is given to zaman that how did we reach the number seventy? We included Yaakov himself. So even though really we were counting Yerach Yaakov, we were counting Yaakov's descendants. Yaakov himself filled in the number seventy. Darkman first day, we need to understand the from the the Shivam Nefesh. We want to know what is the reasoning, what's the thought process behind the different opinions here about who was included in the Shivam Nefesh? These are three very different opinions. They're so different from each other. What's the reasoning behind them? They're not guesses, right? They each have a holy source. What's the, what's the reasoning here? Nachmer. Let's see in there of his words. Our question is deeper. Nick not only are these different opinions, is the difference between them is from one extreme to the other. And if you're going to go according to the opinion that filled the number 70, upshita, and of course, Light them day as a kaddish And if we're going to follow the opinion that the avisher filled in the number, is there molly from shivim nefesh nishlam gevare and Hechsten, on them shalom from the ale shivim nefesh? Then the number seventy reached completion through the highest possible entity that could have been to fill in this number seventy. Hagen, on the contrary. If we're going to follow the opinion that it was Yecheved who filled in the number seventy, what filled in this number seventy and brought it to completion was through the lowest level. She was just born, like she was literally a newborn. So there's two major extremes here that are so different from each other. Oh, we have another question. We know that generally one of the rules the Rebbe teaches us about Rashi is that Rashi assumes that we're learning Chumash we're learning Chumash in order. So we only hear about Yecheved for the first time in Parsha Shemais, right? When Pari starts to talk to her we find out all about her. Why is Rashi choosing this Pshat rather than choosing a different Pshat that would seem easier to come to, like the other Pashtani haMikra, like the other Mefarshim that explain Pshat? Achach from Pashtos and HaKasov. Call of and Even though, if we're going to say, well, Rashi didn't follow the answer that Yaakov was included in number seventy, because if you read the pesukim literally, we're counting Yaakov's descendants. So if it's Yaakov's descendants, obviously Yaakov cannot be included in them, right? There's a lot of background noise. Okay, thanks. Um, The Shelesh, for example, the Torah counts the 69 that we have up until 70, splits it into a few numbers. It says there's 33, but it's Yaakov's children. So if Yaakov's not counted in each of these specific numbers that are counting his children, then he's not counted in the number 70. So that might be the reason why Rashi, who teaches us Pshat, did not include Yaakov in in his count. Like he didn't, you know, go with that that explanation. While cells ourselves move on from the diaklush and akasim, it says clearly in the pasuk call nefesh lebeis Yaakov, nefesh. It says all the who belonged to Yaakov's household, which means it was everybody besides for Yaakov. Right? So plain and simple. It says clearly in the pasuk v'heikol nefesh yaitzi yarech Yaakov. Again, a whole bunch of different quotes. Yaakov wasn't part of this number. But now we have a question. Based on this, we have a new question. This itself needs an explanation. Why was Yaakov not counted in number 70? Yaakov came to Mitzrayim along with his family. He wasn't left somewhere else. He didn't travel separately. Why are we not counting Yaakov as part of the 70? Okay. And with that, we finish Ice Aleph. So we want to know why are there different explanations here? Why are there some Madrasha and Mepharshim who come to say that the Abishra filled the number 70, Yaakov filled the number 70, and then we have this other shot the Gemara brings, and Rashi chooses that one, that Yecheved, this newborn midala, she filled in number seven. We want to know why these opinions are so extreme, why they're so different from each other, and why did Rashi go with this one? The Rebbe is going to take us through an explanation that might seem so detailed in the beginning. It's so nuanced. But that nuance is incredible and really gives us a lot of rich depth and understanding, insight here. Okay. Ice base. Le Zain, them Tom from the we could explain this the whole reason for these different opinions the, the, in, in this. Let's look at the wording that's used here. Okay. The wording goes like this In Per he says, like this, he says, when the Yidin came, when the Yidin arrived at the border of Mitzrayim, all the men in total reached the number of 66. The and Yosef and his two sons, who were already in Mitzrayim, are added to that number. So we have 66 plus three, that's 69. We have 70. Minus one. Look, and it says, "B'shivem nefesh yargd ravisachem We know we say this in the Hagada every year, right? Our always came down to Eitzreima as seventy nefeshes. So the Medrash goes on in Perketul Rabbi "Ma asah So what did they should do? He said we're going to be going into Eitzreima as shivem nefesh. They arrive; they're only set sixty-nine. "A Kadosh imahem beminyan." So the Abister joined in to that number. And it went up to number 70 to fulfill what it says. The evishter said to Yaakov in our parsha, I will come down with you to Mitzrayim. So when the Yidim reached the gates, the evishter joined them and they entered Mitzrayim as a full complete number of 70. The Medrash, who's going to tell us about Yachaved, uses different language when he describes what happened here. The Medrash tells like this. The Medrash stops on the words, "Call Hanphesh, Habba. All the haba'ah Habbar that came and the sons of if that were born to him it adds up that whole number, and it reaches the total of shivim, and he explains how did they reach the number 70, which if you count it up, they were only 69. Who was the number 70? Yechaved, who filled the number 70 there in Mitzrayim. So Pirkei D'Abi focuses on Yardu, that when the Yidin came down, Hashem filled the number 70. The Medrish focuses on when the Yidin arrived at Mitzrayim, they reached the number 70. Slight difference. But there's something very meaningful here. Thus, haste the explanation is like this: In Pirkei D'Reb Eliyazah, when be'Iker, v'Kanem Yurida von Bnei Israel in Galus Mitzrayim. Pirkei D'Reb Eliaser is focusing on the Yurida, the descent of the Yidden into Galus. Bnei Israel are coming into Galus. Thus, was the Kadosh Baruch Hu nechnas imahem b'minyan, and neichi imcha. This is that the Avichar came down with them. He Entered their number because he was coming down. If the Yidan are going down into Golos Mitzrayim, it's a necessity, it's a must for the Abish to join them down in their Golos. It's an Asinus Kayach to Bnei Israel. The Yidan need the Kayach, a Zayendik be Yerida, Begolos Mitzrayim, That even when they're coming down into Mitzrayim and it's a low place. They should be able to overcome, they should be able to withstand the difficulty of their enslavement. This indicates because they know that the Avistar said, I'm coming with you down into Mitzrayim. On the river is. And that's why he uses the language, the Avistar, he went in with them. Or the way the Medrash quotes it when he talks about the Avistar. Hishlam imam, he fills it with them. The point here, what's being emphasized is, what's being emphasized is that the avister is with them together. The other are going down into Mitzrayim, the difficulties ahead of them are enormous and the avister comes in with them. They should know that and that's going to give them the kayah to overcome the challenge of Gullus. Let's look at the Medrash that talks about Yecheved. The emphasis is different shivim? The emphasis is how many yidn arrived at mitzrayim? Seventy. It's it's making a statement. How many yidin arrived at mitzrayim? Seventy. It's not focusing on them coming down. The Yerida, the descent of the yiddin into a very low place. On endem is min and when, it, when we're going to talk about how many Yidden arrived, Habam came to Mitzrayim, the answer is Yecheved filled in the number 70. So the language is a little different. If we talk about the Yidden coming down, facing the difficulty of Galas, of course it has to be the Yedin filled in that number. We talk about the yiddin arriving at Mitzrayim when we're not focusing as much on the descent. There the Medrash says it was Yecheved. We still want to understand. So let's explain. What's the story? Why is it Yecheved? And our question is going to actually go deeper. We're going to question this language. Why would we say, specifically when we talk about the and coming to Mitzrayim and not the Yerida, that's where we say it was Yecheved. Who experienced the Yerida to Mitzrayim the most from all of these 70 who just arrived at the gate? Yechebed was the only one who lived to see the true torture, slavery, the ultimate oppression that the Yidden experienced in Mitzrayim. Only Yechebed was alive to witness. Or the main one who was there to witness. Okay, Sarah was also there. Um, But from all of them, the Shvatim had already passed on. Right, it was Yehavid specifically. So we might think, well, if we're going to talk about Yehavid coming to Mitzrayim, it should say Yerida. She experienced the real Yerida, the real difficulty of Gullus, the real tough stuff. She was there. So why don't we highlight that when it comes to her? We're on page 220. Yehavid is given from the Aintzika, from the Bar Mitzrayim, Shivim. Was his bag was the only one of these seventy who really was there and witnessed the difficulty, the slavery in Mitzrayim. There's man was as his given tachas ayuvid and also in the ultimate descent. Ovi kuntos was ir hashlamas a minion. Is there medrash makasher dafka mitishvim nafsh haba'ah mitzrayma? So, we already explained the question why, by Yechevet specifically, it emphasizes these were those who came rather than these were those who came down, focusing on the descent. We have another question. And then we're going to start coming to some answers and some deeper analysis here, which will include more questions. Pirkudur B'liezer, when he counts up the Yidr coming into the tribe, he says, We counted up all the men and we reached the number of 66. Pause. Between these 66, we actually have not only Saram, there are not only men. Dina is counted. She's the daughter of Yaakov. Sarah Bas Asher is counted. She's the granddaughter of Yaakov. And their names are clearly written in the Torah. And yet he says, all well, the men are counted shish and vishish. Well, why is he saying men if there are women there? And the question is actually going to go farther, which we're going to see in Iskimmel, which is the number that the Tyra uses to actually count up the total of all of these people. The number used is a feminine number right? We know in Lashon Kodesh, the number itself is either feminine or masculine. So when we're counting of all the people, we say these are all the men, even though there's women in the group. But then the number is written as a feminine number, which is very strange. So we'll we'll do the next dice orally. So I don't think that, you know, um, so the Mefarshim say like this. It says, mitzrayma, habali-yaka mitzrayma, all the people that came down, shish and that number is written in feminine. The next Right afterwards, it says, we have another three, right? Yes, and his two sons, we count them in a masculine form. Okay, so we want like, what's going on? Again, earlier, the the 66 was split into two numbers, the the sons of Leah and Zilpah, and then the other sons, right? One was 16, and the other one was 14, and all those numbers are split up. Every time it gives us a total, the numbers are written in feminine. By Yasef, the numbers are written in masculine. And we want to know why. You could say, well, because Dinan, and was Asher were in there, right? But in the Kali HaDiktok, it doesn't work like that. In Lush and Kadesh, If you have a group that includes both men and women, the general term that we're going to use for that whole group is masculine. So here we have a group that was 64 of them were men. Two were women, and the number that's used is feminine. But then, when it counts of and his the sons, the number stays masculine. So, why does Tara do it this way? Obviously, there's a very clear reason, and it's not like just random, okay? So, I started. Now we're going to get into the real deal. Why don't we take a step back and look at where did the whole number seven come from in the first place? Why was it ever important? That the didn't have to be 70, right? Even in the Haggadah, when we say, like, our parents came down from Tzraya and they were 70, why did they have to be 70? Like, where did the number come from? As many as they were, they were. What's the difference? What does the number 70 have any significance that not only we say the number, but then we have like Midrashim telling us stories about how we filled the number in? We're counting 69, really, we need 70? Okay, so the Avistar is number 70, so Yaakov is number 70. Why 70? So let's look at the significance of the number here. And let's take a real deep look at what was the job of the Yidin in Mitzrayim, B'chal. Now, as we learn this, we're really focusing on the Yidin in Mitzrayim. But the their job then and our job today is identical. And the way they went about accomplishing their job and the way we accomplish our job now is very much the same. So let's think about that as we go in. I style it. The explanation is as follows. In the Misbar Shivan Nefesh, Fun Yiddin, Gifintmin Bakhlos, yanim. When we count this number of 70 yaden Baklal, we find two things. We hear the number 70 a lot. And there's two significances <laughs> to this number. Okay. Aleph. When we say 70, it's 70 kineged. Um how do I say Kanegas in English? Totally slipped my mind, okay? There's 70 um, opposite or parallel to the 70 nations of the world. The 70 nations of the world. When we have 70 nations of the world, that's because there are 70 sarim Lameila in the higher world and each sar, each officer in the higher world, Malachim, has the nation down here in this world that he's like responsible for. So when we have 70, it's because we're parallel in a way to those 70 nations, those 70 officers, the Milo. That's one. Bays, when we say 70 came down to Mitzrayim, what is this number 70? 70 is a for The number 70 is also connected with 70 the way it is by Bayedin. Shivim Skenem. We had 70, Um, Bechal in the Midbar, that was like a number that we talked about. The Sanhedrin had to be made up of the number 70. So we have the number 70 by Ga'im and we have the number 70 by So why did Yidin have to come down to Mitzrayim with the number 70? In a very general way, right here we have reflected the two ideas, the two Effects. There were two accomplishments that the Yidin needed to accomplish by coming down in that number 70 to Mitzrayim. There was a Paula Venegea to the Yidin. There was one thing that needed to be accomplished regarding the yiddin themselves, on a Paula and Belt, and there was something that had to be accomplished regarding the world at large, which would be reflected by the 70 nations. Golos Mitzrayan is the Kibendi Ha Chanot to Matantaira, but Kabbalos the Torah. Golos Mitzrayan wasn't just something that was a standalone. It was a preparation to receiving the taira, for the Avishar to be able to give the Torah and for the Yidin to be able to receive the Torah. But Matantaira had to have given to the Yidden as a Neichi Hashem is Givar and Kecha. What did Matantaira accomplish? Something by the Yidden and something by the world at large. For the Yidden, what Matantaira accomplished was. That Anoichi Hashem, Elokecha, so this explains Anoichi became, Anoichi Hashem became Elokecha. That the Avishder, shame Havaya, that Kayak that brings our world into existence, became Elokecha, became Kayakha, the for each Yid personally, became our strength, became personal for every Yid. That's for Yidin, that's what Matantaran had to accomplish. Um, and what did Matan-Tayra accomplish for the world at large? Their Keshe v'chibor v'alikos m'tvelt, the connection of alikos to our world. we know that until Matan-Tayra there was this gzera, that whatever's ruchni stays ruchni and the gashmi stays gashmi And by Matan-Tayra that's that gzera, that decree, was nullified, and now what's physical can become elevated and holy, and that which is holy can be brought down into our world. And that's what Matan Teirah had to accomplish. So there was this job for the Yidin, and its job, its purpose for the world at large. And as a prelude, as preparation for all of this to happen by Matan Teirah, (laughs) mitzrayim needed to happen? uh, Golas Mitzrayim happened to be able to accomplish Matan Tyra on two levels, for the Yidden, for the Yidden to reach what they reached by Matan Tyra, they had to go through Golas Mitzrayim, and for the world to reach what it reached by Matan Tyra, it needed to experience Golas Mitzrayim. Okay, so now we know why they had to come down as 70 because somehow 70 gives the Koyach to the Yidden to get their job done. Shivam Skanen, Sanhedrin, okay, gives the yidin a certain kaya, it gives the yidin a certain kaya that's parallel to the forces in this world, to somehow accomplish the job that needed to be done through this whole process of Gullus, which is to prepare our world for Mothentera. So now we want to come back and really understand, so how is Gullus Mitzrayim preparing the world? We have the reality that took place in Mothentera, how is that connected to what went on in Gullus? What are the yithin accomplishing in Gullus that's really getting our world ready for Mount Tentera? So let's take a step back. Abraham Vinu recognized the Eivishter. Now, the Aves Bechlal, and we learned Tanya, we're familiar with this concept, the Abais Hein Hein Merkava. The Abais were called the Markava because everything about them was completely holy, totally separate from our physical world totally given over to the ebashter in an incredible way the avais avraham yitzhak and Yaakov stood on a level that was beyond their world completely now that's very beautiful that they were able to be in that space but hashem wants his reality to come down into our world through Yidden. how is that really high level of the Avais going to come down to the simple Yid who just like lives his life. How's this enormous, tremendous kdusha that the Avais lived on that level going to come down into regular yidden who can live life with Torah in our world? How's that going to happen? It seems to be like impossible. So a process had to happen here. We'll kind of explain it a little bit outside and then we'll look and see it in the Rebbe's words. The process was like this. Our Abbas lived on the level of Atsilos. The world of Atsilos is a place where like Kos is absolutely revealed. Like that's the only reality. You can't even say like Kos is revealed. There's like no reality but Hashem. That was the level of the Abbas. Hashem wanted Yedin who live in the world of Asiya. That's a really far journey away from Atsilos. So we have a bridge. The bridge is the 12 Shvatim. So the others are in the world of Atsilos. And then we have the 12 Shvatim who represent this bridge from Atsilos through Biah, Through Bria, Yitzira, Asiya. And then after the Shvatim comes the yidin who live in the world of Asiya. And can then live in our world and like, you know, do what Hashem wants from us here in this world. So the Shvatim are that bridge. Okay, I'm going to jump ahead and just include one little detail that we're going to say later. We know that all of the Shvatim were that bridge besides one. Yosef HaTzadik remained on the level of Atzilos. He was never that bridge. Yosef HaTzadik remained on the level of all those other others. We're going to come later and this is going to explain to us about why is the number masculine, feminine. We're going to see how their jobs Reflected either that Avida that was more feminine, that idea of Malchus, versus the Avida that was still in the world of Atsilas before Malchus kicks in at all. So we have the masculine and feminine, but I'm jumping ahead of myself. So let's look at this in Ice Hay. Rizal Zagin. As is hein hein The avais were Amrakava. Amrakava quite literally means a chariot. We don't see chariots so often these days, but imagine a chariot that's being pulled by horses. The chariot does not get to choose where to go. There is no steering wheel. It's just attached to the horse. The horse moves right, chariot moves right. It doesn't have a will of its own at all. The Avis were that Merkava. Kol kulam yeme-hem. These are words from Tanya. The Avis, all of their limbs, were holy and separate from anything that had to do with Eilam HaZeh their entire lives. They were on an incredibly high level. and in a Bitel. They stood constantly in a total space of Bittal, of nullification, the Hiskashut and connection to Gethlach to Godliness. On the river is by the Ashra HaShchina, B'Gilu So they felt, they experienced Hashem's light resting on them in a very revealed and open way. In order for that level, that Alekhus, to be drawn down also to the Nashama's to those lower Nashama's, if we'll say, those Nashama's that are Not Nishamis of the shayach to the lower worlds, to Madrigas Tartanis to the lowest the even that belong to the lowest levels in Asiya, It was accomplished through step one, the Shvatim, of and even more so, the way the Shvatim were then split up into Shiva Nefesh. 70 people. But The level of the Shvatim was like, for example, the way Elekus travels from Atzilos through the worlds of Bia until it can reach Assyya. So we have obviously Natzilos, the regular Nashamais in the lower worlds of Asia and the Shvatim, who are that bridge, carrying it down. Now How do we make sure that it really reaches every neshama? How do we make sure that it reaches every neshama in a way that that neshama can absorb it? In a way that that neshama can really live with it? In a way that the neshama can hold on to it? There has to be a process. And the process goes like this. In order for that hamshacha, that alikos to be drawn down to every neshama it's not enough for it to be drawn down through the Shvatim and those 70 souls. They needed to go through a journey. They needed to descend from Eretz Yisrael, very holy land down to Mitzrayim into Golos, an art who was These Nishamas they had to travel to a place. Where godliness is not seen. Adarava, not only godliness is not seen, says, I'm from Helen, the Hester, I fell It's a place that intentionally hides godliness. It's a place that hides Gatakait. And those astronomers had to go through this journey. Purpose being what? Why? What do we gain from them coming into Mitzrayim? What was going to happen was like this. When it would be revealed that even when we find ourselves in Mitzrayim, on Eretz v'as Ein a land where there is no fear of God between them. We know we heard this earlier, right? And when the reality would be proven, that even in a land where there is no fear of Hashem, you would be able to feel, you would hear, by every single Yid, that Pintle Yid, we would hear that every Yid is a believer. That accomplished that the LA cost that the always experienced on their high level should come down and be revealed to every single Jewish soul. To the end of all generations. Even to the lowest level. There needed to be a process to make sure that every neshama should get it, should receive this elikos, they had to leave Eretz Yisrael, which was a place of Kedusha, come down to Mitzrayim, a place where it was not a place of Kedusha, not openly, and it was intentionally hidden. A place where there's no fear of the Yisrael. And there, in Mitzrayim, when Yiddin still believed, they were able to draw Danelikos. That every Neshama, not only those in Mitzrayim, they were able to accomplish then that every Neshama until the end of time, no matter what level he's at, Every Neshama until our generation today, with all our challenges, they and Mitzrayim were able to accomplish that every Neshama controlled down the Selikos and a Chayach to it, no matter where he is. This Elikos that was drawn down, that was revealed to every Yid, what does it look like? We say it was Gefakh What was it? Every Neshama had the Selikos. What was it? It's the Indian of Amuna. Simple faith that Ayid has in the Avishdar, the Amunah from Ayyidin to the ha'am? This was expressed when My Shireen was sent by the Avishdar, go to Mitzrayim, tell Ayidin it's time to get out of gulls. And My Shireen was like, they're not going to believe me. And Ayvishdar said, what? You're speaking badly about my people? So Moshe finally comes to Mitzrayim and he tells them Hashem sent me here, and the pasuk tells us immediately, and the nation believed him. That amuna, that they believed him. As their Eberstir can, what did they believe? They believe that Hashem can, "Unvetsay Mitzrayim." can, and he will take them out of Golos Mitzrayim. Remember that they were living in Mitzrayim, which it says was a land that was so mighty and so powerful, despite its size, not a single slave ever managed to escape. So this is an impossibility. And yet they believed immediately that the Evishter could redeem them. The Evishter will redeem them. They believed as by Evishter and and it took him in his him, that by Hashem, nothing can stop him and nothing can get in his way. That Amunah, that's the course. That every single neshama accessed, that every single yid believed. There was this, now we can really understand the Chazal that we hear all the time, but let's take a deeper look. Chazal say the Yidin were only redeemed from Mitzrayim in the skos of their amunah, and it sounds so nice. like. What was the that got them out of Mitzrayim, the Amuna, Says the Rebbe, now we can understand so much more. It's not like this was a merit that they had that kind of, you know, was one of the things that helped them get out. And the whole point, the whole reason they were sent into Golos was to find out, do they have this samuna. Was to give them the ability to allow them to imprint it so deeply that they could believe in the Abishder even when it made no sense. Even in a place like Mitzrayim where you can't see the Abishder, where there is no Alikos, in a place that was Haaretz, over there, every Yid believed with simple faith that nothing can stop the Abishder, the Abishder is going to get us out of here. And that's why it says that in the Shos of that Emuna, they got out of Mitzrayim. So let's, let's explore further. So we now understand that the Yidin came down into Mitzrayim with a very difficult mission. There was a goal here, and the goal was to allow every Yid, even those, you know, we'll call them the simple Neshames, even us today, that Yidin who would be from those those lower levels not the tzaddikim not those great ones should be able to have halichas and that was their their mission and they accomplished it in an, in a very incredible and real way and maisha Rabbeinu was doubtful when hashem told maisha you go down to, go down to try tell them getting in, you know take me in and out maisha was like they're not going to believe me like Look what they're going. There's no way. Look, look, look at the reality they're living in. And they just said, don't doubt my children. And sure enough, Misha comes down to Mitzrayim and the then immediately, and they believe him. We're going to pause here for now. And in our next class, we're going to continue to explore why they needed to come with the number 70, and why was it Yecheved who filled in this number? Why, when we count all of B'nai Israel, the number that we use is a feminine number? We'll get into a little bit of the secret of Malchus. What's her job, and why does she hold the key to get us out of Gullus, along with the mitzvahs of women, and understand how that reflects all of us. Wow, thank you so much, Feige. That was incredible. If you'd like to sponsor Feige's second class on The Feminine Power in Geula. you can reach out to podcast at mikvah.org. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day. We hope you enjoyed today's recording. Please take a moment to leave a rating or a review to help others find the podcast. We welcome you to support our vital work at mikvah.org forward slash donate. For feedback, please email podcast at mikvah.org.